Last month, as you know, if you've been here, we were talking about bringing the gospel home, bringing the gospel home. And I hope that you got a lot of practical advice and you got a lot of insight about how to bring the gospel home to your family, to your, to your marriage, to your community, to your neighbors, to your colleagues, all these different things. But that was a lot of practical advice. We're now actually going to switch gears and we're going to swing this pendulum over to the other side and we're going to talk about the supernatural. We're going to talk about the supernatural, the, the underworld, or whatever it's called. What do they call it? The, under, the upside down world, I think is what they call it on, uh, what's that TV show again? Yeah, obviously, I don't watch it. That's right. <clears throat> Stranger Things, that's right. And we want to talk about Stranger Things uh, this, this whole month. We want to talk about the supernatural. The problem is with the supernatural is that it's sometimes hard to grasp because you can't see it and you can't easily take hold of it. But anyone who believes in God automatically has to believe in the supernatural, right? You have to. You don't have a choice. If you're going to believe in God, then you believe in the supernatural. But how you understand the supernatural dictates how you actually interact with the supernatural. And what we want to do is we want to try and tease out from scriptures, how are we meant to interact with the supernatural? What, is the, what does the Bible say about the supernatural? How are we meant to understand this? Well, let's look at this first. Let's look at what the dictionary says. The dictionary says this, that the supernatural is a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. It's something that is not physical. It's not something that we can easily calculate with all our brilliance and our wisdom of the scientific arts. So this is much further beyond what, what we can easily try and take a hold of. And so today we want to talk about the supernatural. And I want to tell you about a specific supernatural event that happens in my house every week. Now many, some of you may not have this experience yourself. And I understand that, that, that it's not everybody experiences the supernatural in the exact same way that other people maybe do. But every week, something happens in my house every week. And I swear it's a supernatural event because I cannot explain it. I want to tell you about my magic sock drawer. I have a magic sock drawer that um, has been in my life for the last 20 years because that's how long we have been actually married, Crystal and I. And we bought this magic sock drawer from Pier 1. Now, that was the cool store 20 years ago for buying stuff. Maybe you're in a home goods now, but Pier 1 was the place to go at the time, right? So we got these Pier 1 uh, chest of drawers, and it, and it sits at the side of my, of my bed, <clears throat> and it's a really cool set of drawers, and, and, and it's a very, very powerful. Now, if I had known that I was buying into a magic sock drawer, I would have bought a ton of them up and then sold them for twice the price on eBay. But this magic sock drawer, every week when I use the socks that are in that drawer, it's the middle drawer, these socks appear back in that drawer. And they, they smell like Tide. They smell like they've been washed. They have been folded and they've been matched as well. There's no missing matched socks. Now, some of you right now are jealous of me of that magic sock drawer because you don't have the same experience. Am I right? <coughs> You're literally scrambling around, around looking for socks. Some of you are scrambling around in like the, the basket where you left, last left them. And you're like, I need to get stones that are matching. No, that's a white one. That's a black one. You can't find the magic sock drawer at all. because You're literally living in the world by the flesh. 
I've got white socks that are matched. They're the same color, the same size, the same stripy bit. I've got dark socks that are matched and they're the same size. Not one of them is my son and then there's mine. They're not mismatched. This one here is the gray one. They're all brilliant because they match different outfits that I might have during the week that have to go with certain clothes, right? It's amazing this magic sock drawer just manifests and materializes the same socks that I used last week. How many of you wish you had a magic sock drawer like me? Yes. Your wives are saying, put your hand down. Now here's the thing. Could I live without this magic sock drawer? I could. I could live without the magic sock drawer. I could do, I could go and try and figure out how to get other socks by myself. I could go and try and do something with these socks. Maybe I could, I could even live without socks. Has anyone ever run out of socks before? And when you run out of socks, you just wore the socks you had last, yesterday, right? Or maybe even last week if you're really dingy. Or maybe you're like, it's a flip-flop day and you decide you're not gonna wear socks at all today and you're just going to use the, the, the feet that you have and the flip-flops that you have. The problem sometimes is with this sock drawer is that sometimes it does get depleted and it runs out. Sometimes it goes low and you're like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, give me some socks drawers. I need some socks, I need socks and socks drawers. And then magically they all come back together again. But sometimes I do go to the, the magic sock drawer and there is no socks, but I just have to use the spiritual gift of patience. And I just have to wait for these socks to come back into my life. But let me tell you, if you think that is cool, let me tell you about the magic underwear drawer. Oh, Jesus. This is a level of spirituality that you have to spend years and years at getting to the magic underwear drawer. Let me tell you about the magic underwear drawer. The magic underwear drawer is something that truly and significantly affects my life and everybody else around me. This magic underwear drawer, when I am running out of underwear, my heart starts to go a little bit faster because if I'm running out, this is going to affect me. I don't want to have to take yesterday's underwear, turn it inside out and then wear it today. Oh, Jesus, 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 I need, I need you to really fill up my life with new underwear. Oh, Jesus, do I just go buy some more? Do I go and invest some more? What, do I, is, what is it that I need to do? I need some more underwear. And let me tell you, when you've run out of underwear, that is a thin layer between you and the world and you're protecting them from you. And you don't feel comfortable and that day you don't walk in confidence, do you? walk out into the world and go, fresh underwear. <laughs> you walk out and you're like, oh, just, I wonder if anyone knows that I don't have fresh underwear on again today. It's amazing how it, it truly affects your life and it gets you into a deeper prayer and a deeper relationship with God saying, God, uh, the, the sock drawer, I can live without them, Jesus. I can live without the sock drawer, but the underwear drawer, this is really important to me. I have to have more faith for the magic underwear drawer than I do for the magic sock drawer. Now here's the question I've got for you. How does the magic sock drawer get filled up again? Has anyone got any ideas? 
Most of you are probably sitting here and what you're doing is you're, you're, you're applying your knowledge and your scientific calculations and you're like, I think it's the power of crystal that is filling up your magic sock drawer. Not like the, not like the crystal that swings in front of your eyes. You're getting heavy, you're getting heavy, you sleep, sleep. I'm talking about my wife crystal, right? But none of you have ever asked her if she's ever done it. You've never ever seen her fill that drawer up. You're making an assumption and a conclusion that by her own power, she's filling up my magic sock drawer, but I'm swearing to you today, it's a miracle what happens. I don't know exactly how it happens. You don't know exactly how it happens. I just know that that magic sock drawer gets filled up every week, and it's absolutely amazing. Now, you might be sitting there going, oh, Peter, you're a numbskull right now. Just, there's a still funny, but it's crystal that's filling up your magic sock drawer. Let's just get that settled right now. But if you have no concept of her, if you can't explain how this is possible, then how do you explain the power of the magic sock drawer? Many people actually have different explanations. They'll say, just accept it for the way it is. Don't, don't pay attention to it. It just it is what it is. Live your life and expect it will happen. The universe will bring the socks to you. Some of you even believe, no, no, just ignore it. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you just, that's just the way life is. If it just suddenly depletes one day, then just suck it up and move on. Some of you even maybe have weird theories of how the magic sock drawer gets filled up. Maybe some of you even have a scientific explanation. But everybody here has a pretty clear idea of how the magic sock drawer works, am I right? What I think is funny though, is that many treat the supernatural in the exact same way as my magic sock drawer. So you see, my magic sock drawer is something that is, a super, is maybe some of the supernatural things that are in my life that I can live without. It doesn't affect me that much. I need to pray for souls because the Bible tells me I must pray for souls for the salvation of their souls. But I, if I don't pray for them today, it's not really affecting me. If I, if I don't get into the Word of the Lord, the Bible tells me I must study the Word of the Lord in order to be able to know how to walk with Him. But if I don't pay attention to that Word today, it doesn't really affect me. It's my sock drawer. I don't really have to. I love it. I love having the Word of God in my life. I love having prayer in my life. I love it when people get saved. But if I don't really interact with it, I can live without it just a little bit in my life. But then there's a layer of our spirituality that's like our magic underwear drawer, that if that magic underwear suddenly gets depleted, we're truly affected. When there's an attack or when there's a depletion in our marriage, I'm suddenly affected in my emotions and in my life. If there's an attack on my children and they're sick and I can't do anything about it and I'm praying and I'm on my knees, Jesus, please help my child, save my child. And I don't have the confidence or the faith or the boldness or the understanding how it's all going to happen. I'm treating it like my magic underwear drawer. I don't know how it's going to get filled up again. But somehow its depletion is truly and deeply affecting me. Some of us are even dealing with things in our lives like personal addictions or depressions or broken relationships, and that's our magic underwear drawer. And sometimes we're begging God for a change, for a move within our life, but we have no clue how to pray. We have no clue how God actually moves. We have no clue what is my part in this whole thing. It's just my magic underwear drawer. Spiritual forces are at play that are working for you. And there are spiritual forces that are fighting against you. 
And learning how your magic underwear drawer and your magic sock drawer works is important because it's not about how it just works, but it's about who controls it. Who is controlling these drawers in my life? Who's controlling these parts of my life that are truly affecting me? What motivates this person? What is it that's happening that we all know by the grace of my wife, my drawers are getting filled up, right? My, my, my sock drawer, my underwear drawer and all these things, it's getting filled up. We all agree with that. But imagine this, I have two questions for you. What if I take my wife for granted? What is the results gonna be in those drawers? Someday she'll just go, you know what? not really getting the attention, I'm not really getting the husband I really need. I think he's taking me for granted. What if I just cause a little pain in his life and remove some of the socks in his life? What if someday he gets up and goes, oh, my socks? Well, we'll just, we'll just see how, how much pain. Oh, he's able to live without socks? Well, let me see if I can take it to another level and I just won't look after his underwear. And then suddenly, I've got no underwear in my life and now I'm being affected. She's being able to take it to the next level to see if she can get my attention. Am I right? In the same way, we can expect that God would allow difficulty and challenges to come into our lives to get our attention. Why? Is it because he suddenly wants us to be so filled with the, the, the spirit of socks and the spirit of underwear? Or is it because he wants a relationship with us? Imagine this, what could happen if I had a better relationship with my wife? Have you ever thought of that? Imagine how much greater my relationship could be. What else could come up for me? What else could come into my life if I had a really deep and great communication and a great relationship with my life, my wife in my life? I would never have to think about socks or think about underwear ever again because I have a deep relationship with her. I already know what she wants, what she needs, what she can't do this week, what she can do this week, and she's going to tell me what she needs from me. And we're in a synced symbionts with each other and we're walking together in the Spirit. The same is true with the Spirit of God. Spiritual forces are against you. Spiritual forces are for you. And the fact is, these sock drawers and these underwear drawers are points. They are points of influence. They are points of entry into your life for either blessing or curse. And I love what Mark was talking about, how he said, there was a point of entry in my extended family and it was through alcohol. And I decided I'm cutting it off. And because he decided to go big with that and say, enough is enough. I'm not allowing the enemy to control me through this anymore. Suddenly, the power of blessing came into their life. The power of unity, their marriage was affected. The relationships were affected. What is your point of entry? What is it? Is it food? Is it fear? Is it marriage? Is it money? Is it laziness? Is it family? Is it your body? There are so many things that the, the enemy uses through the spirit to try and affect you in your life, through the physical world and through your relationships in your family. We have to learn how to fight in the spirit and break off these curses. Today, I want to have a quick look at one scripture that is a very well-known scripture, and it comes from the book of Ephesians. And we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 6, and many of you already know this. Now, before we get into it, I want to give a quick explanation of what we're looking at here, because only three months ago, two months ago, we were talking about our identity in Christ, right? We were talking about becoming unstuck. 
we have to discover who we were in Christ. On the book of Ephesians, in the first few chapters, it talks about our identity in Christ. And it says you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Then it gets to the middle of the book and it talks about how we must learn how to walk with Christ. Well, the whole month we talked about bringing the gospel home, living out the gospel in your life and in your family. But then it ends the whole of the book of Ephesians talking about the spiritual realm. And this is what we want to get into. And he says, stand against the enemy. Resist spiritual opposition. Look at that. Seated, walk, and stand. This whole month, we want to talk about how we stand against the enemy and we walk in that spirit. So today, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord. It starts off right off the top. It starts off with talking about the relationship you have to have. Here's the thing. It's easy to think, well, I've given my life to Christ. I must be strong in the Lord. No, just because I got married to Crystal doesn't mean we have a strong marriage. We have to work together. We have to walk together. We have to communicate together. We have to have a deep and, a deep and lasting relationship with each other. We have to stand in the Lord because that's where our power comes from. When we're on the same page, when we're talking, when we're in harmony with one another. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then it says, put on. That's an active word. You have to be actively being involved with the Spirit here. Put on the full armor. Look at that. It's more than socks and it's more than underwear. There is more to your life than just the the everyday things that you need to use. There are so many different levels. Where does my clothes come from? Where does that bottle of shampoo come from that went into my shower that washes me? Where is it that my food comes from? My relationship with the one that is providing for me not only keeps me maintained with what I'm doing in my life right now, but it opens up the door to greater things. And this is why we want to study the Spirit this month. This is why we want to learn how to get to greater things that He has called us to. But look at this. Put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We've always said that God has a plan for you to do great things in you and through you. But you need to know this, that the enemy has a plan for your life just as much as Jesus does. The enemy has a plan for your children's lives just as much as Jesus does. It doesn't stop there. For our struggle is not against, say that after me, flesh and blood. Let's say it again. Let's say the whole thing. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Struggle is something that is face-to-face, hand-to-hand combat. This is not just us praying for spiritual drones to go and do warfare for us. This is hand-to-hand, face-to-face combat. If I could get every Christian under the sun to understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, we would be able to operate like the body of Christ should operate. The problem I have in this world is not that the world is the way that it is. It's not that the world is falling apart, that it hates each other and that fights against each other. The problem that I have is that Christians are distracted by the world and they keep fighting against flesh and blood. 
They keep picking a person on television. They keep picking a person online. They keep picking a person in their family and they're deciding that's where my fight is. That's the person I have to fight. I have to call them out and speak truth to power and bring them down. But Paul just told us, your struggle's not against that. It's not against any type of flesh and blood. Your enemy's not your spouse. It's not a politician. It's not other people. Imagine if we, we could live in a world where, like uh, John Lennon, we could stop every war in the world. We could stop all the wars. We could get rid of all the guns. We could get rid of all the racism. We could even get rid of all the abortion in the world. We would have exactly everything we would want, wouldn't we? No, you wouldn't. Because the struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is not over. There is still a spiritual fire starter that is ready to start up any fight in any which way that he can. And his name is Lucifer, the deceiver, the devil, Satan himself. And he has many minions that are doing everything they can to make sure that they can keep as many people away from heaven as possible. To keep as many people away from salvation as possible. Now, all of these things I mentioned, they're good fights to fight against, but they won't stop the spiritual battle. They might take some of their wind out of their sail. They might take away some of their power that is in their hands, but it won't stop the battle. Only Christ as king can finally stop this war that we're in. Only Christ as king. I am more shocked at Christians being shocked at the world. You know, I just can't believe what's happening in this world. Really? I can't believe that you can't believe what's happening in this world. The book of Revelations told us that everything must get worse. The book of Revelation told us everything. That doesn't mean that we can't be turned into panic attack type of people. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. No, 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 no. We're part of the kingdom of heaven. We have a power through the Holy Spirit. We get to see miracles move through us through the body of Christ to win people for salvation and for eternity. Here's the last thing we're going to look at, and that is the end of this whole thing. He goes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but he lists all these different layers of demonic powers that are against us. What are all these layers? He talks about rulers, and against authorities, and against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I realize for many of you, you'd rather just live with a sock drawer filling itself up. You'd rather just live with this magic drawer where the underwear gets filled up as well. And I don't have to dabble and I don't really have to understand it. All I have to do is just believe by faith that it's just going to keep happening. If you are going to live that way, you're going to live always vulnerable to the sock drawer being depleted. You're going to live in such a way that your life is not only defined by your socks and by your underwear and never be able to be a part of the greater glory that is at hand to see people one for Christ. Years ago, uh, 15 years ago actually, <clears throat> we had our first child, Kale, and he was born uh, and he was just a few months old. And he got this actually quite significant sickness in his body called streptococcus pneumonia, and it nearly took him out and he nearly died. And I remember, I remember um, just, just, just being in the hospital and, and we were, felt like horrible parents because we didn't know why he was going to die. And I remember just several days later and the doctors couldn't get on top of, it, of the sickness in his body and it was in his blood. I remember just getting on my knees and I said, God, I can't take this. I, can't, I don't want to be like Jesus that says, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know if I can handle you taking my son away. 
And at that moment, I said, God, show me what I need to pray for. And at that moment, I felt God showed me something. And he said, pray for the attack that is on your firstborn child. And in that moment, I had a picture of something that my mother used to do for years and years and years. And when they first started their church 45 years ago, the local city that we lived in, they built this massive hospital and it became a training center for abortions. In fact, it was known as the, ca- the, the, the abortion capital of Europe at one time. I don't know if that's true anymore. But what she did is she used to get a group of women, they used to walk around the hospital every Thursday morning, they would walk around the hospital just asking God to, 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 to stay the hand of the enemy, to break the, the devil's back with this whole curse of, of abortion, which is really a slaughtering of children within the womb. And so she did it for years and years and years and years. And I didn't see any fruit. I didn't see any results. I didn't really know how to explain. I didn't know how to measure it. But in that moment when I felt God said, the hand of the enemy is against your firstborn because of what your mother did, it suddenly came to me that I didn't realize that all my other three siblings lost their first child. And this was my first child. And something rose up inside inside of me and said, devil, you're not getting my son. Today you're not taking this. I may not understand everything that's going on, but I don't need to understand absolutely everything. I just need to be in a relationship with the one that does understand everything. That's the whole point of this month, is that we increase our relationship with the Holy Spirit and learn how to walk with Him so that we can do greater things on here on earth as it is in heaven and we can stop the enemy stealing and killing and destroying from our families. Now is the day for us to rise up and live by the Spirit of God. This month, I want you to be aware that if we're gonna start talking about this and you don't wanna be a part of this, that's okay, don't come. But if you do want to be a part of this, expect that spiritual things will stir up inside of your life. Good things and bad things. But it's so much better if we learn who's putting the socks in our drawers. What do you think? Let's take our stand this morning. Father, we are grateful that when Jesus said, I must leave, he left someone, the Holy Spirit, to walk with each and every one of us every day and next week as we start studying the Holy Spirit and how to walk with them I pray that you'll give us a deeper yearning to be able to know how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit right now I just pray that it would stir up inside of each one of us right now stir up from the bottom of your belly that there's something inside of you says I want to know you more I have such a desire and a passion to understand you more so that I can learn your ways Holy Spirit, I pray you would fill us up with your precious, precious spirit. We ask this in your precious son's name, O Father. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. We love you guys. Let's give a praise offering to our Father in heaven.